welcome to 10,000 Foot View Podcast, where you can find tools, ideas, and insights from some of the best performers from the field of business, art, sports, entertainment, coaching, neuroscience, and much more. That will give you the perspective you need to break through and unlock the next level in your mindset, creativity, business, and life. This is Monjyoti, the host of this podcast. I have an obsession for deep transformation. And I'm on a mission to help professionals and individuals unlock their true potential in life and business in a way that maximizes their overall sense of aliveness. So I think it's about reframing the blaming to who's responsible for doing something about it, right? Because blaming and being a victim doesn't help. And that's a waste of your focus. Okay. As long as you're using it to define the problem statement, it's necessary. But immediately after that, you have to shift to probably the responsibility part of doing something about it. So is that like the foundational shift, shifting from blaming to taking responsibility? And then once you do that, you figure out what can be done. And then you start working in that direction in terms of uh, installing processes and systems and improving systems and things like that. Is that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, the four steps that I highlighted, mm-hmm. things happen to me, things mm-hmm. happen for me, things happen, things happen through me. They are sequential. Mm-hmm. I have never seen anybody go from things happen to me to things happen through me and successfully make that transition. Mm-hmm. Because... Right. It is a shift in awareness, a shift in understanding, but it's also a shift in consciousness. So Mm. we focus on the step we're in. If your whole thing is you wake up in the morning and you're listening to the news and you're blaming the government and and you're upset at the neighbors and you're upset at whoever, you're clearly number one. So then your next step is to start being in gratitude and start feeling lucky. Because mm. you're not going to be able to go into 100% responsibility truly because your level, your idea of responsibility at that level will be blame. So mm. I, mm. as I said, taking 100% responsibility and feeling guilty for everything is not the answer either. Right. So you shift sequentially. So from going to I am 100% at fault to I am 100% responsible takes steps. So step number Mm. one is realizing that we can be grateful no matter what. And we play a little bit of the Pollyanna game. So from level one to two, from level two to three, which is the observer, is we start removing the qualification. Is this good or is this bad? Mm. No matter what happens, it is. Judgment. Yeah. Judgment. So we let go of that judgment part. Mm-hmm. And that is from level two to level three. And then from level three to level four is understanding that we are not powerless. We stand in our power and we're creating everything around us. So mm. even though, and and I want to say this because it took me a very long time to understand. It's a very subtle um, difference. How can I be 100% responsible for everything and also not God, the universe, not everything. How can I be 
me, a human, and part of the whole? How can I be separate and yet together at the same time? Mm-hmm. And this is the the realization that happens between levels three and four is to understand that we are not a unit. We It's not a me, it's a we. It's a collective. Mm. And we understand that whatever we do, we do it in collection with humanity, with the planet, with everything, with our company, with mm-hmm. everything that we do is not a solo effort. So it's not about being the hero and and coming in with flying colors because it's about mm. working as a team. And yes. in, in the corporate setting, that translates to creating powerful teams where people complement each other mm-hmm. and uh, um, their skins are so complementary that they become a superhuman together. I, coming from a background like mine, MIT, right? I mean, I, I, myself included, I was surrounded with people who had like very big egos, right? And this is, this comes with the territory. Successful mm. people have huge egos. This yes. comes with the territory. Right. And right. there's nothing wrong with being successful. There's nothing wrong with understanding where you are, with understanding who you are. What Mm. I'm suggesting is that you did not get there alone. Mm. Never. Mm. Even if you were just, some people say, well, I worked hard and look at me, I'm a billionaire. Well, yay, other people work hard and are not billionaires. So it's not just your hard work that got you this. Mm. There must be other components. Can you and and that's why I say go from level one to level two through gratitude. What can you be grateful for? If if you see a man who doesn't give recognition to every a man or a woman who doesn't give recognition to anyone for their success, you can you can right there know that they're ego driven, and probably mm. what we will in a general term call a narcissist. So mm. they are taking everything that others do for them for granted and forgetting what they have received. Right. Can you maybe give a simple example um, of going from level one to level two? For example, I have a problem. Uh, I'm running a business and I lost a lot of money because my partner cheated on me. I just made it up. How yeah. would I reframe that into gratitude? Do I fo- focus on turning that specific issue into gratitude? Or do I focus yeah. on something else that I'm grateful for in my life? I mean, can you illustrate with a yeah. specific example? Yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to I'm going to answer to your question first, and then I'll mm. give a specific example that is very dramatic for my life to, mm. to, to really highlight this. So if your business partner um, was a crook, you, you get to realize that you selected them. And the, the lesson here is how are you selecting people? When you look at people, do you look at them objectively or do you let your emotions, quote unquote, run the show? And also, 
it's not about blaming them. They're not a horrible human being. Maybe they embezzled money because somebody in their family is very sick and they felt that there was no other way to gain access to cash than to 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 to, to embezzle money, which mm-hmm. is not necessarily what happens, but mm-hmm. it, it's almost like, do you value people? Do they feel valued? What is the issue? So instead of trying to find, oh my God, they're a horrible person and there, there's no way they're a good person, think about it as what is their circumstances. Um, and I, I always say there's no mistakes. There's two parts, course corrections or learning experiences. That's it. Mm-hmm. So we take away the blame game. We take away the judgment of something mm-hmm. is good or bad. And we mm-hmm. say, well, okay, what did I learn from this? What is this showing me that I didn't know before? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you didn't know it before. So now right. it's time to learn. It, and it's okay. Right. So, um, and let me use, and this was a general example. I'm going to use a very specific example because I, I want to show something that I remember I, I was sh- sharing how I was in a wheelchair in 2004. When I was in the hospital, my fiancé left me, um, which, of course, broke my heart, and it made me feel abandoned and rejected and worthless and all the emotions that go with it, right? And, and for many, many years, I felt that this was something that was, quote-unquote, unforgivable. And to be honest, it broke my heart and it also broke my trust in, in men because I I was like, well, I cannot trust them. I they, they say all the pretty things and this man said, I want to spend the rest of my life with, with you, which is in sickness and in health, right? Uh, and uh, by the way, sickness came and he bailed. So how can I trust anyone? So th- this was a tough one. During that time, people that I thought for sure would support me abandoned me. I I became a pariah, and simply because I was different, because I was in a wheelchair, and I felt that the world rejected me, not just my fiance. Now, going from my fiance, what was the lesson there? Well, first. There were issues before. I remember um, I was in a wheelchair on on uh, Wednesday or Thursday because it, it was a gradual process, like the um, the loss of function. Uh, and Saturday, so a few days before, somebody asked me about my fiance and they said, are you guys happy? And I said, well, there are some issues and I also truly love him and he loves me. And I also know that I can count on him, that he's solid and no matter what happens, he will be there for me. So a few days later, I'm, you know, I'm demonstrating to myself that that was not reality, that this was, so in a sense, it was like an experiment. And in that experiment, I, I, I learned very clearly that he could not be the man that I thought he would be. And I had real proof in my hand, right? And I, I was so in love, I would never, ever leave him. I mean, I, I, when I love somebody, I love very deeply. So I, I cannot say that I will have voluntarily left him. So in a sense, he did me a favor by leaving me. 
that I can see at the time. Then the second thing is he did me a favor because I could not see something that he was seeing. I'm sure that in his mind, it was not only the fact that it was in a wheelchair, it's also the problems we were having. And yeah, he expressed it in a way that was not ideal. Um, he said, I didn't sign up for that. Even if we had children, I would be leaving. I don't want to be this to be the rest of my life. I mean, that was those were harsh words. At the same time, he was expressing his truth, that he wasn't strong enough to handle this. And I am very strong. So in a sense, he was showing me a difference in strength between the two of us. And he was also showing me, we were talking about partnerships. He was showing me very clearly that we did not have a strong partnership. We were not two people working as a team. We were two individuals coming together for each other's greatness. And when my greatness was no longer apparent, he left because there was nothing there. If we had a strong partnership, a strong connection, then he won't have. Well, or mm. maybe he won't have. I don't know. But it, going back to the partnership, if, if, for example, you had a very strong partnership and you had a very open communication, maybe if that person was facing issues with a member in their family um, having huge hospital bills, then maybe they will have felt open to talking to you about it as opposed to hiding and doing something illegal. And uh, mm. they obviously were in a desperate place. And I'm, I'm going to say the best case scenario, right? Mm -hmm. They were in a desperate place and did not think about the consequences this could have in their mm -hmm. lives because embezzlement equals jail mm -hmm. time. Um, mm -hmm. This is like serious, right? So what if there was no family member in the in the hospital what if they were just like oh i deserve more right well mm. a partnership could help a person understand their worth irrespective of what is happening and and more than that is almost there's no money that's ever going to be enough if inside we feel lack of worth so if, if we were talking about this internal and external conversation yeah. so if internally there's a hole no matter how much water you put in there the water is going to get out of the bucket so mm. first you have to fill the hole in the bucket and then the the bucket will be full and when the bucket is full then you can take from the overflow so this is like the real difference between scarcity mentality and abundance mentality scarcity there is a hole, and no matter what, is never enough. And I see people who have billions with a B having scarcity issues. Yes. And I see people who have nothing feeling abundant. Yes. So it always starts with you. It always starts with the internal. And those people who have nothing and feel abundant end up being tremendous success. Right. Yeah, it's it's all the inner game yeah the scarcity and abundance mindset or a sense of a feeling it's it's all inside yeah it's it's not very apparent in a world that is driven by what's visible externally because it's more of a 
epiphany or realization, but it's it's true. And now we can see much more clearly uh, as opposed to how it used to be many years ago. Um, I think, yeah, uh, the work that you are doing is foundational and, you know, peeling off the layers and putting putting yourself in the other person's shoes and trying to find so many perspectives in a way that you see the gift because there is a gift somewhere but you have to be able to you have to be willing to see um and i think yeah that that's that's like a general theme that is needed in everybody's life and another question that i have is so people who turn around challenges situations big situations internally without their awareness with or without their awareness do they go through these four steps the four steps that you mentioned or it's not necessary uh i have seen it and uh they may not call them that as i said this is my take on the steps right um but uh yes i i i have seen it like i i have seen it with people who go from having companies that are failing to having successful, thriving companies. I have mm -hmm. seen it with people who have products that are failing and mm -hmm. end up having tremendous successful products. I have seen it with personal lives, with with health, mm -hmm. with relationships. Everything follows these steps, even if right. they may not call them that. Right. Because as long as they're stuck in victim and they're trying to find somebody to blame, or themselves, mm. then this becomes an issue. Wow, this is powerful. You know, to be able to articulate what happens on the inside uh, when people undergo transformation, because from the outside, it's not very apparent, but being able to articulate these steps can be really, really helpful. Um, it's, it's quite enlightening, at least for me. Um, thank you. So number one is oh, you're things welcome. happen. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> things happen to me, uh, for me. I'm the observer, and then it happens through me. And yeah. I think the last last piece is is when the sense of community. You embrace the sense of community, like you're not you, you are we. Um, Collective. It's much more than community. It's the sense of unity. Unity. We are one, and not only me and you not only with humanity we're one with the world it's it's this collective unity that is collective unity it, it, that, that that truly finds that because if if we are a strong company right and we're pumping mm. out toxic waste and mm. destroying the planet we are mm. not in the we mentality mm. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. because we we're destroying something that cannot be easily repaired and we're saying well mm. that's not my problem someone else's problem well guess what it's your ch children's problem and now it is everyone's problem mm. right 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 so we in the larger sense in the world or beyond from that you bring it down to your organization your employees or your whoever and then you you start using that absolutely and i always like mm -hmm. to speak about win 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 scenarios I, I think by now people have become aware that the win lose negotiations are not or or, or deals are not long-term successful because 
win lose implies somebody losing, but in fact, everybody loses. So we have been talking a lot about the win win scenarios. Mm. And I want to bring it to one more level, which is win for me, win for you, but also win for the world. Yes. Win for the collective. Win, and win, that's win, where the right. way becomes apparent. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the foundational rule of the universe of creation or creator, whatever you call it. And we are starting to align to the ultimate reality. Because it can sometimes seem that you can actually get away with selfishness or the opposite of we mentality in the short term. But in, in the long, long enough timeline, it never works. It never worked. But since people do not have that long, um, you know, that, that, that long term perspective, that long term view of how that thing panned out in a span of 30, 40, 50, 60 years. So they only see like them succeeding and getting away with something bad that they did, but they didn't see how that thing came back to him or her 30, 40, 50 years ago, uh, later. Yeah. And, I, and that that's I, one of the reasons that that drives people to do things that are not in alignment with unity because they see other people get away with that but they don't see the full picture you know people get away only on the short term nobody i think it was jordan peterson who said that nobody gets away with anything you know in his yeah. lifespan he said that no one gets away with anything i have never seen anybody get away with anything it could be in a five-year timeline you you it may seem that they're having a blast while not doing everything with a sense of uh, unity or the greater truth but it's not sustainable so it, it, it really is not and um i i do want to say that people i i often hear that oh i was having such a great ride and then this happened yes right and oh i i was having such a great business and then a war started or a crisis in the economy started and and this, and then as a result, my business is not great. Well, no, you weren't having a great business. You were just having um, a great moment. You were mm. riding a wave, but you mm. didn't know how to surf. So you rode yes. that wave, and then the next wave, you just didn't know how to catch it. So right. successful businesses, true success, is people who are successful both in the good times and in the bad times. Yes. Because the world always goes up and down. Mm -hmm. We will always have crisis. Mm -hmm. There will always be a war. The, the, it, it's unfortunate, but it's unfortunately true. The, mm -hmm. In my lifetime alone, we have gone through four or five major crashes in the, in the world economy and four or five major opportunities. Somebody that, that was a real estate investor, I can't remember his name, I, so I can't accurately quote him, but, but I can tell you that it wasn't my idea, but he said the opportunity of a lifetime comes once a week for me because I'm a real estate investor. So I find, oh, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. And the question is, well, does it align with myself, with my principles, with my company, um, with everything that I do? And then it's a good investment for me. So the opportunity of a lifetime may be the opportunity of a lifetime for someone else, but is it aligned with you? So always again, start with you. Start with you, right. Anyway, I have one last question. What's a 10,000 foot view perspective uh, you would like to give the listeners? You mean more than what we have been doing for the last? 
<laughs> well, I my takeaway is uh, it all starts with you. Yeah. Um, but if you have something else that you would like to share. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm going to bring a new perspective. And uh, we live in a world where AI is thriving. And mm. it has started to become apparent in everyone's lives. Mm. It used to be that AI was for the labs. Um, maybe 50 years ago, it used to be something that belongs in the labs at MIT. Mm -hmm. And today, AI is part of how we do business. If you have Alexa in your house, you may have noticed that as you speak about washing the dishes, the next advertisement you see will be about a dishwashing liquid. And you may have noticed that if you do a search on um, on on some some search engine, that the next thing that happens is that you get a um, an advertisement for something. Mm -hmm. I remember one day I was on the phone and one of my friends is into Mai Tai, which is the, um, uh, the traditional Thai uh, wrestle, wrestling. Right. And then I went to shop online and suddenly I'm getting costumes from Mai Tai as suggestions. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, AI is at work. And a lot of people are scared of this. Mm -hmm. And they feel that their privacy is invaded or um, instead of responding with, wow, this is so cool. This is so much better than what we can ever have done. They're starting to be scared of the machine and they, they're going to the fear. Mm. And the perspective that I want to bring is that we are now simplifying our lives in ways that we have never simplified before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When, when I was a kid writing something, I had a typewriter I was typing my little typewriter and if there was a few mistakes on the page, I had to retype the page or I mm. had to parenthesis, cross, cross, cross parenthesis, or I had to, in illegal documents, they used to mm. parenthesis, you know, erase the previous blah, blah words and then continue mm -hmm. as if this was, um, this was part of life. And now we have, tools that allows to do word editing and word processing in amazing mm -hmm. ways. Yes. English is not my first language. I, I learned English when I was 18. So I make terrible mistakes in English and writing is not my thing. And these days we have ChatGPT and I can just go to ChatGPT and do something that it will take me a week in five minutes. And yes. this is tremendous. So in a sense, everything is accelerated. And as mm. things are going faster, instead of getting scared, realize that you are given tremendous power. You have yes. new abilities that were never there. So mm -hmm. the 10,000 foot view is to look at AI from a perspective of a gift that yes. can help us become better versions of ourselves as opposed to a threat that is looming. Absolutely. Powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. It was, I had a blast. And there's going to be so much value for the listeners. And thank you so much for your time and uh, for the incredible value that you provided. Absolutely. 
And uh, let me add one last thing. So I, I wrote a book recently, well, an e-book um, uh, called AI and the Yin Yang. So literally speaking about this concept of AI and how it can enhance leadership today so it can help us become better leaders, have better companies. And that's something that I wanted to give to the audience. So um, I'm not sure if you're going to give the link uh, or uh, to that, or I can just tell you my website is mariakellis.com. So mariakellis, K-E-L-L-I-S.com. And uh, people can find that there. Absolutely. I'm going to put the link uh, for that book on the show notes um, for the episode. So yeah, people can access that. And thank you so much for that wonderful, wonderful gift. Uh, I'm sure everybody's going to love that, myself included. And thanks again. Thanks again. It was lovely having you here. Until next time. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of 10,000 Foot View Podcast. I want to congratulate you for honoring yourself by standing out and investing in your personal growth and taking this step towards your next breakthrough. I would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Do check out the show notes on the description for the details of the show along with links and offers. It would mean a world to me if you could leave a review about this episode in Apple. Before I head off, I want to remind you that you are extremely special and you have gifts and talents that you can use to unleash your best version and you are just one perspective away from unlocking your next level. I believe in you. 